Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, many of you know that this show can only exist with your support. Mainly, it'd be weird if David Ferguson and I were just talking and no one was listening. But more than that, I rely on your generous financial support in order to keep the show running on all cylinders. This is a fully independent podcast run by me and a few of my best friends. And unlike so many other podcasts, we don't have a major multinational media conglomerate backing us with promotion and tech and all the rest of it. So when you get a chance, make sure to stop by our our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow and sign up for at least $1 a month. You'll hardly miss it and you'll be supporting this show in the best way possible. Don't forget to tell all your friends too. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you in advance and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. They will shoot a hundred people in Vegas, okay? And somebody will come on TV, you know, and they'll just talk like, hey, you know, if the gunman would have had a knife, he could have stabbed a hundred people to death. <laughs> Could have stabbed a hundred people? Yo, check this out, check this out. If a hundred people ever got stabbed at the same time, in the same place, by the same person, you know what that would mean? 97 people deserve to die. What, you just watching this shit? <laughs> oh shit, somebody got stabbed. Ooh, they stabbed somebody else. Ooh, he stabbed somebody else. Ooh, he getting closer. Ooh, he stabbed me. I didn't see that coming. Oh, he stabbed a lady behind me. He's a stabbing fool. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> you know, yesterday I was tweeting about uh, stand-up comedy royalty in the United States, and uh, I forgot to mention Chris Rock. Well, consider him mentioned, all right? 
From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, August 8, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is the greatest soap ever. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. All right. It is day 931, 931 of the Trump crisis, day 95 of the constitutional crisis, 453 days until the 2020 presidential election. Jody Hamilton is not here today. There is a music video being shot at her house. So, well, that's okay. We got David Ferguson. Greetings, Earth people. How are you? Uh, I'm afraid that my sounds might be weird today because I was triggering all the sounds at the top of the show, which I do every single show. Each individual thing that you hear is triggered on the fly by me and my ridiculous fingers uh and so i noticed that everything was on a bit of a lag so i'm just saying that now if there are mishaps along the way with my soundboard well i i'm aware of it <laughs> so just know that i fully embrace the madness of my glitchy soundboard my spazzy soundboard okay my friend how are you good how are you i am uh i'm okay and and i I'll tell you why I'm okay. I wrote about this for the Banter Newsletter. I wrote a whole piece in which I was debunking all of the usual uh, NRA propaganda around uh, mass shootings. Every time we get it, they always come out. It's the the same crap. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. And the video games and the mental illness and all the rest. I was debunking all of that crap. And I I started off the piece by mentioning, and I actually kind of surprised myself as I was writing, because what I said was, I feel like, and this is something I genuinely believe, I feel like something is starting to bend a little bit when it comes to moving toward maybe some realistic gun regulations coming up here. And I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I'm knocking on wood. I'm not getting happy. But I feel like there's a greater possibility now. And and certainly, if it didn't happen after 26-year-olds and their teachers were gunned down in cold blood back in 2012... It was doubtful that it was ever going to happen. But I feel like maybe now there is a little teeny tiny bit of political will to actually do something. So I don't know. I I think that it's because the Republicans are fine. Because now the actual the shooters are actually spouting Republican talking points. And they feel accountability is approaching and blame. That could be it. It's totally it. They're purely mercenary. They are going to be out to save their hides because... They can't control the monster they created, so they got to act like they're against the monster now. Maybe they are the most shameless people on the planet at this point. Yeah, well, that's absolutely true. That's always been the case, and we saw a great example of it yesterday. I mean, you want to talk about shamelessness? Donald Trump at those two different hospitals, mm-hmm. one in Dayton and then in El Paso, where, of course, he wasn't going to go around and be the statesman that he's supposed to be. Of course, he was going to go around and make it all about himself and do all of the usual shit, the, the ridiculous thumbs up photographs with his fake forced smile, his shit eating grin and basically making a spectacle of himself. Also, I happen to notice too, continuing to defy gravity somehow. I don't know how that man stands at like a 45 degree angle 24 <laughs> seven. I don't know what that works. Are there invisible, like, like maybe some sort of uh, a tractor beam holding him from falling down flat on his face, but somehow Donald Trump stands in a way in which he doesn't appear to have a center of gravity. 
<laughs> I don't know what I don't mm-hmm. know what that is. But nevertheless, he was treating Listen, it. I mean, he was treating ahead. it like it was a birthday party for himself. Remember that uh, uh, that meme that was going around the tiny Trump meme where I think it was done yes. after one of the 9-11 commemorations and he was showing up at the thing in Pennsylvania, you know, fist pumping and looking like, hey, look at me. This is a party for me. It's all about me. And then someone made him into tiny Trump and put a birthday hat on him, a pointy birthday hat and walking into Chuck E. Cheese. That's the <laughs> way it was yesterday. And we're giggling about it right now. But good Lord, was it tasteless, shameless, ridiculous, uh, completely tone deaf. I mean, my God, there was one photo. Did you see the photo of? I just of, need you to make two promises for me. Okay, just very quickly, right off the top of your head. Sure. If I'm to die in gun violence, I want you to a politicize the hell out of my death. <laughs> politicize B, it? Are you I mean, saying, you're immediately. Me. All right, all right. Uh, and then B, if the president comes anywhere near it, throw a milkshake at him. <laughs> Well, I'd be happy to do that. I mean, I've already... That's all I need, Bob. Just promise me that you'll at least try. Yeah, and of course, of course I'll do that because I've already booked my flight to go and pee on his grave when it eventually happens. So, you know... It's going to be a line. I, I'm, I know. There's, in fact, that's going to be a real thing. In fact, I predicted that on Twitter that people are going to have to wait in line to piss on his grave. That's going to be a thing that's going to be uh, uh, that we can look forward to in our future. But okay, so there was this picture of a whole bunch of pictures, and they were all creepier than the one before them. And it was like the force, as I was saying, just force go with a smile, Joker grin on his face. And then there was this one in which. A little girl wounded, I think it was in Dayton, I want to say, and he was leaning over her and groping her. I mean, must have been six years old, seven years old, laying in a... Yeah, I mean, it's it's an astonishing piece of photography of the President of the United States, a guy who notoriously has groped women without their permission... Leaning in and groping a little girl who was wounded in, in one of the shows. I, th- I want to say it was Dayton. It may have been El Paso. Doesn't he giving a thumbs up? He, well, he wasn't giving a thumbs up. He was like grabbing her stomach with his right hand, his stumpy right hand. And I, I was just expecting. It sounds to, like a, those trophy shots that hunters take after they kill a lion. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain he said to the little girl, hey, look, in a few years, you'll be dating me. I mean, that's the story. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, I uh. couldn't resist. But that, I mean, talk about optics. Talk about tone deafness. Talk about inappropriateness. My God, that photo alone said everything you need to know. And then, of course, he banned the press from going into the hospitals with him uh, so course. that, yeah, so that he could have his own video crew to run around and take propaganda video which he then promptly released on air force one as he was flying around the country patting himself on the back and that's what we get out of these things we get these videos where it's like a montage set to sappy music of donald trump going around pretending to console people but only making Mm. it about him of course he didn't meet with any of the families of the people who died just something worth noting that he met with the doctors and nurses and hospital staff, and he met with some of the people who were wounded, but he never m- bothered to meet with the people whose family members were actually gunned down and killed in those massacres. Just an interesting side. Maybe they note, made a, right? a decision as a group not to have any contact with him. Well, actually, there were a bunch of victims in uh, El Paso who refused to meet with him. I mean, flat out said, no way, no way are we meeting this guy. In fact, none of the eight victims of the El Paso uh, massacre 
who were being treated at the University Medical Center agreed to meet with Trump when he visited on Wednesday. That's a, mm-hmm. from a hospital spokesman. And of course, I, I'm sure Donald Trump's looking at the hospital spokesman and going, so unfair to Trump. Why are, you being, why are you being so unfair to me? All of these people are saying I'm so great and so tremendous, but the hospital well, spokesman. On, it's like it's letting the arsonist visit the burn ward with the people yeah. whose house he torched. You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like I saw a thing this morning where the White House says they're going to have a summit on online <laughs> extremism, which. Uh, <sighs> I really? guess means they're just gonna like have a bunch of eight tr- eight chan trolls over for lukewarm Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, I I, I don't understand. Well, that. Keep up the good work, you little shits. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's like Melania's be best thing. It's just intended be best to be gaslighting. It's just like, oh no, we, we're not doing what you see very plainly with your own two eyes. I mean, <laughs> who are you gonna believe? Eyes. Yeah, your lying eyes. We're we're not being bullies online. We're not. You know, dealing in extremism and using the. I mean, yesterday, Michael Savage actually had to warn Donald Trump not to get too hard on the white supremacists because, of course, the Republicans need the white supremacist <laughs> vote. This was an actual thing from Michael Savage yesterday. Uh, by the way, they're making a big deal out of Beto as a nickname for Beto O'Rourke. Well, Michael Savage's real last name is uh, Wiener. Uh, that's the true story. Right. It's Mike Wiener. So Mike Weiner was really objecting to the fact that Donald Trump was criticizing white supremacists. You can't do that because you need those tens of thousands of white supremacist votes. That's where we are. Yeah, and it got me, like, criticizing white supremacists got me put in Facebook jail for 24 hours. Oh, my God. See, that is stacked. We exactly- need to talk about this, actually. I feel like there's something going on where there are people who are, you know, our ideological opponents are heavily policing people and trying to get us thrown off. I, I mean, yep. you know, I got ejected from Twitter permanently, mm-hmm. um, whereas our racist dickhead president and that million Russian bots and neo-Nazis and white supremacists carry on. And, you know, I'm just, I'm like, I'm done with Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Twitter is a sewer. It makes our planet dumber. It has really actually (laughs) just makes things worse. And it's how it it is the direct instrument of the Trump propaganda. And I'm just going to leave it to them. They're, you know, okay, you guys can have Twitter. So how does that work? Um, Are are they permanently banning you personally from ever signing up for a new account? Or is it just the T-Rex to see account was... Uh, was killed. Yeah, the, and that's the, the, the suspension notice says, like, you know, do not attempt to tr- you know, open a secret account or another account. Do not, you know, so, but I don't know how that affects like my existing compromat account, which I haven't really tweeted from. Huh. Um, Interesting. Well, you should still be able to use that. I mean, Kimberly was permanently banned from Facebook and was able to sign up with a new account again and basically have to start from scratch. I mean, she was up to, the, mm. she maxed out on friends. She was at like 5,000. See, I thought about that. I thought about just letting people know that here I am at Compromat Band, you know, at Compromat Band or whatever, but I'm just like, yeah. ugh. It's why. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the big news that came down with regard to social media over the past 24 hours, too. And this speaks to the absolute uh, disconnect with reality that the Trumpers have, that the Republican Party has right now, which is that while people like Kimberly Johnson and David Ferguson and and, uh, an array of others are systematically banned from social media, Trump himself is planning an executive order to force Google and Twitter and all the rest of them to stop being so mean to him. 
I mean, that's basically <laughs> what it is. That's what they're working on. The White House is circulating drafts. I know, I know. I saw it this morning, and I was just like, didn't they just do this? Didn't they have a conservative summit with Mark Zuckerberg and Glenn Beck and some people from Breitbart? And then it occurred yeah. to me that none of those people are really in business anymore. <laughs> so they're having to redo it thanks to turnover. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, Breitbart, I saw, uh, is down. Like, they've lost 72% of their audience since oh. the inauguration. There's something to be happy about. Oh, so, um, so womp, 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 womp. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad for Breitbart. Yeah, you know what? By the way, I, just as a side note, I went through Breitbart yesterday and found at least half a dozen articles in which they listed a bunch of donors to Hillary Clinton and other Democrats, Barack Obama and so on. Breitbart was doing the thing that Joaquin... Uh, Castro did on Twitter where Joaquin Castro just released the names of people that you can readily look up on Open Secrets, people who were donors to Donald Trump in, in that one specific area. And then, of course, Republican heads were exploding all day yesterday. Uh, what was it? Donald Trump Jr. and Jack Posobiec were all going absolutely bananas over this thing. I mean, Junior said uh, on Fox News Channel, he said, that that list sort of screams like the Dayton, Ohio shooters list, right? It's pretty scary, he said. Oh, you're kidding. And then Jack Posobiec tweeted, raise your hand if you agree Joaquin Castro should step down from Congress after doxing law-abiding moms and retirees who don't vote the way he wants in the wake of two mass shootings. These were publicly available names. If you don't want your name to be released released publicly stop donating to monsters like donald trump but of course and donald trump went after joaquin castro as well uh on uh twitter a, a couple of different times because mainly the first time he misspelled joaquin castro's name uh, <laughs> of course he did yeah he spelled it j-u-a-q-u-i-n and of course it's j-o-a-q-u-i-n but we don't know exactly what the uh or who the culprit is behind the misspellings that seem commonplace. You know, right. they're eking their way even into his uh, teleprompter speeches where we got Toledo the other day. But he said uh, on Twitter, he said, I don't know who Joaquin Castro is other than the lesser brother of a failed presidential candidate, 1% in parentheses, who makes a fool of himself every time he opens his mouth. Actually, you know what? He, I've never heard him make a fool of himself when he opens his mouth. I think Joaquin Castro and Julian Castro are two of the most well-spoken, sharp Democrats. Astute. Yeah, yeah, astute. I mean, they can encapsulate an issue very, very well. And in fact, with Julian Castro, every time he talks, I'm thinking Obama because he's got the same Obama thing where he's sharp, he's crisp, mm. cuts to the chase, doesn't do a lot of bullshit in there. It's all straight to the point, And it's great. But uh, but Donald Trump thinks he makes a fool of himself every time he opens his mouth. You know, like Donald Trump, it's all projection. Uh, Joaquin is not the man that his brother is, but his brother, according to most, is not much. Keep fighting, Joaquin. <laughs> That's the president. The president is tweeting. The president is attacking a Latino. Well, come on. He was like doing a little happy dance last week when he heard that someone had broken into Elijah Cummings. House. Right. I mean, the guy is as petty as an 11 year old 
playground bully. Yep. Yep. You know, I mean, like your mom's in rehab. You know, I mean, just like it's right. Well, what happens is is the guy, uh, Donald Trump goes around, starts screaming invasion for the past two and a half years. And then uh, a crazy person gets a bunch of guns and writes a manifesto about the invasion and then goes in and kills uh, people in a Walmart in a mall. And then um, Donald Trump decides to follow that up with uh, going after a Latino congressman. I mean, this is the kind of shit. This is a Fox News pundit presidency. That's what he, I, everything he's doing right now, he's just taking what he sees on Fox News Channel and AM Talk Radio and applying that to the presidency. And that's why it's so fucked up because all of those people, whether it's AM Talk Radio uh, or if it's Fox News Channel pundits, they all deal in a world of fiction. So when suddenly Donald Trump applies that fiction <sighs> to real world governing, of course it's going to look stupid and ridiculous and racist and misogynist and, and catastrophic to the actual structure of the country. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, the pressure that people feel right now, I mean, there is a tension out there that I've never really experienced before. I don't think any of us have, mm -hmm. have experienced this yeah. in our lifetime. Certainly, um, those of us who are younger maybe didn't live through the late 60s or so on. And it's because the president sets a tone in the country, sets a tone in terms of how people feel about themselves and how they feel about their country, how they feel about their fellow Americans. And we're seeing this manifesting itself on videos every damn day on social media. I mean, what was the, did you see the grandma one? Where she not the angry grandma. I'm talking about that. That's fun. Angry grandma is fun. I'm talking about this other videos floating around of just this angry grandma Trumper red hat with uh, she's wearing a bathing suit and she's just screaming <laughs> at this other woman about go home, go back to where you came from. And there are children there screaming and crying. And this woman is just going nuts with F-bombs and go home and go back. You know. And that to me, that's a direct result of the kind of tone that Donald Trump is setting. But of course, we we know all this shit. And uh, and another good example of it is that uh, yesterday, Donald Trump went after Sherrod Brown and the mayor of Dayton. Because he's got to yeah, be well, the guy. I mean, he, 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 that speech he made about, we must denounce extremism. I mean, the teleprompter speech, it was so desultory. I mean, it was just <laughs> yeah. like he could barely keep his eyes open. He was so bored. Right. Well, you he know? was actually, it, was, it wasn't just that he was bored, too. There was something physically wrong with him during that speech. Just like the Jerusalem speech with God bless the United States. And God bless the United States. That sort of thing. That's what was happening during the uh, the remarks that he gave on Monday. Well, I don't know what it was, but it, it you know we were talking on the uh, Stephanie Miller show yesterday morning. It seemed like he got like Carlos Ellis Rocky said, "Yeah, it looks like Donald Trump got stung in the mouth by a jellyfish or something that his mouth <laughs> just swelled up and he couldn't control his teeth or his tongue and he just kept doing this weird." Thing with his mouth, <sighs> just and then sniffing and God, he's so repulsive. And then he then he referred to Dayton as Toledo. Toledo, and, and it came out that it. What did Joe Biden say? I heard Joe Biden uh, kind of took the gloves off, and I just happened to be out of the room when it was on uh, Matt out. Yeah, night. big standing ovation for <laughs> Vice President Joe Biden. Yes, I, I. You know what? I don't. I don't. But I think mm. uh, all the news networks were playing it last night. Thank God. I know it was all over MSNBC. I mean, it's all over Twitter right now. People are rightfully praising what Joe Biden had to say yesterday because, to me, that was 
Everyone who listens to the show knows how I feel about Joe Biden. So I don't need to go down that road again. But just suffice to say, I was extraordinarily impressed with Joe Biden's remarks yesterday. And I think um, one of the reasons why I was so impressed was because I felt a sense of relief. And it was like, like a breath of fresh air just rolling over me where I'm going, oh, yeah. That's what a president sounds like. That's what leadership is. That's yeah, what exactly. leadership is. Exactly right. That's and he, how I felt watching New Zealand's prime minister. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, look, a grown-up. You know? <laughs> right. Really, because, I mean, you know, Britain's got Boris, whatever. He's like a Doctor Who a Boris. Oh, Boris Johnson. We minister, haven't even yeah. talked about Boris Johnson as prime minister now. I mean, God damn it. Talk Upper about- class twit of the millennium. Yeah. I mean, he really is just like an overgrown boarding school boy. Like, uh, just... It, it's yeah. a nightmare. Well, you know, like I'm always calling Donald Trump Biff, uh, Biff Tannen from uh, Back to the Future. Well, Boris Johnson and some of these others are sort of like Biff's posse from Back to the Future. Right. Boris right. Johnson's the guy wearing the 3D glasses or something like that. One of the sidekicks of Biff in the Back to the Future movies. But, you know, I was really impressed, too, with... Uh, uh, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett tweeted something the other day. And Michael Bennett, of course, is my favorite new impression to do. <clears throat> you know, I, uh, I, I have the smallest mouth of the entire field of Democrats running for president. And I got to tell you, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Only I have to chew chiclet gum because I can't fit larger gum into my teeny tiny mouth. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Bennett. But my, in all seriousness, Michael... Good guy, Michael Bennett. I mean, he delivered one hell of a barn burner speech on the Senate floor uh, a bunch of months ago. And then he tweeted yesterday. He's from Colorado? Where's he from? Oh, shit. I think it is Colorado. Um, the thing is, he tweeted yesterday that he will disappear. If elected president, he will disappear for two weeks on end and not make any public appearances or do anything publicly for two weeks, <laughs> then appear and say a few words, and then go away for two weeks. And I was like, yeah! Yeah! That's what, we need a president who is just going to get the fuck out of our faces for five fucking minutes so we can uh, breathe. Yeah. Without, that's part of the, I mean, that's part of the psychic warfare. That's part of the whole, like... Putin-esque psyops thing is to, <laughs> right, him right. to be like omnipresent to the point that like you just never feel a moment's peace. Yeah, and that's what the the case with Donald Trump. I mean, the presidency should not be this in our faces twenty four seven. I cannot emphasize this enough. What we are getting from Donald Trump. But he's a coked out guy at the end of the bar who has a fucking opinion about everything. Yes, and you can't get from, away from it. You're you're locked no. in the bar. You you're actually chained yeah, exactly. to the bar. You're itself. actually chained to the bar stool. <laughs> And you can't get away while he talks about American Idol that's and tells you why, you know. Yeah, that's right. That country singing white boy was robbed. Yeah. And because, uh, you know, political correctness. And I just. Ugh, right. It's right. too easy. Well, um, um, we uh, we learned today. But let's too. talk about Mitch McConnell falling and breaking his shoulder. Um, oh, there's. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can put together a, a sound effect to uh, just a sound effect on the fly. To illustrate Mitch McConnell uh, falling and breaking his shoulder. Let me see if I can. Uh, where's the good sound here? For, well, first, I've got to get my turtle having. To... I was just about to say, so that, there's... isn't that it? Same sound. And then uh, we can do. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> the body hit the floor. So, thank you. 
shit. Okay. Well, yeah. And and then Mitch McConnell was actually banned from Twitter, suspended from Twitter. So you have good really? company. Yeah. You and Mitch McConnell are hanging out in the uh, pur- now, purgatory section. Um, they posted a video, whoever was running his social media account posted a video that was objectionable. And I, I, I didn't read the story, so I don't know exactly what the content of the video was, but it violated their terms of service. So they suspended Mitch McConnell's Twitter account. It's been a banner week for for Moscow Mitch, right? (laughs) He's got, (laughs) broke his shoulder, got suspended from Twitter. And now the leader of his party is making an ass of himself like always. So meanwhile... The White House is refusing requests from their colleagues at DHS, at the Homeland Security Department. For, they've refused to listen to these requests for more than a year to make combating domestic terror threats, uh, like the ones that we've seen with these white supremacists, a greater mm. priority. The National Strategy for Counterterrorism specifically spells out recommendations, but those suggestions have gone unheeded by the Trump White House. Now, where are the Democrats to say... This shit happened on Donald Trump's watch. And I know I understand there's a there's an attack going on right now with regard to the white supremacist influence that he has. The fact that he is, one, a white supremacist, and two, that he's influencing other white supremacists to lash out. But at the same time, you know, if this had been a Democrat in office at this time, all the Republicans would be screaming, hey, look what's happened on Barack Obama's watch or look what's happened right. on Bill Clinton's watch. Or they'll even go like, oh, my God, look what's happening in Baltimore on Elijah Cummings watch. But of course, this can't happen in reverse. You can't say, oh, this all happened on Donald Trump's watch. And this is perfect cause. That's like to- when they were saying that, you know, George W. Bush kept us safe. There are no major terror attacks on his watch. I'm like, um, <laughs> right. Right. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no major attacks except for that one, you know. That one massive one. And, and then, even yeah. if you include 9-11, I mean, I did a whole chapter in my book back in 2008 about this whole lie. The George W. Bush and Dick Cheney kept us safe. Of course they didn't. The fact is that there were numerous other terrorist attacks that occurred, including right after 9-11, the anthrax attacks. I mean, if you lived the in the USS Cole, yeah, the USS Cole. Well, the USS Cole, I think, was before uh, Bush. It I think was that was before 9/11. yeah, just right. Well, it was before nine eleven, but I think it was summer two thousand one, wasn't it? Well, there were at least thirteen or fourteen embassy attacks, attacks on, on American embassies yeah. around the globe. During, I mean, these are legitimate terrorist attacks against American embassies, which is considered American soil. Uh, throughout the Bush administration. Of course, none of those were investigated the way Benghazi was investigated. But I've done extensive research on those. Every single, those are all legitimate terrorist attacks on American targets. Uh, But of course, George W. Bush kept us safe. Um, But here's a great example of where Homeland Security is going, Donald Trump, something's going on here with these uh, white supremacists and these extremists and and radical far-right uh, terrorists and so on. Are you going to do anything? Or are you going to listen to us? Well, we're, no, we're not even going to take uh, your advice. I believe that goes right to the desk of Stephen Miller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stephen Miller is the one that made that. They were like, you know, we need to investigate this domestic threat of white supremacists and far right extremism. And he was like, nope. Oh, yeah, right. The president, I don't think, I mean, he's not even engaged enough to know that white nationalism is his agenda. Right. <laughs> Just You know what, when we come back from talking about uh, bugger off here in a second, I want to play okay. uh, a brand new game that we have here on the show. It's called Tucker Carlson or David Duke. That is the brand new game that we're going to be playing here in just a second. <laughs> oh wait, can I tell you a joke I made up? Okay, yeah, sure. Let's have it. Let's have a joke. What's the difference between Tucker Carlson and a neti pot? 
what is the difference between Tucker Carlson and a neti pot, David Ferguson? One is a lukewarm nasal douche, and the other is a neti pot. Oh, all right, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. It's going to feel so much longer than that, though. <laughs> Try the hemlock. It's effective. Um, all right. Well, let's let's talk about America's favorite bug repellent. I mean, I'm saying that literally. Bugger off, Bob. I am getting requests from all over the place. How can I get my hands on uh, a can of bugger off, bomb for my summer vacation or my, my barbecue this weekend? How can I do that? How can I get this uh, amazing bug bomb that you're talking about on? Uh, on your show and it's very very easy it's buggeroffbomb.com and it is my favorite bug repellent it, it works so so well it's not like all the store-bought uh, uh bug repellents that have all kinds of nasty chemicals and all kinds of other crap in them and this this bug repellent really really works in fact i left some of it at my mom's house she lives off in the wilderness somewhere (laughs) and where there are just (laughs) i mean the swampy southern wilderness where there are flying insects the size of your head and she swears by her can of bugger off bomb in fact she's one of the people who's going where can i get more of this great bug repellent well if you're tired of bug bites you've come to the right spot buggeroffbomb.com the bugger off bomb was created to swear off all those pesky mosquitoes that plague us every season. It's got a straightforward ingredient list, never anything toxic. It's easy to travel with and in its own little teeny tiny convenient uh, hockey puck sized uh, tin. It's made specifically for everyone, fishermen, hikers, soccer moms, beachgoers, cruelty free skincare enthusiasts, or your Uncle Joe. It's free of nasty chemicals, DEET-free, kind to humans in the environment. It contains two key ingredients for fighting pesky bugs and other creepy crawlies. Eucalyptus and citronella is in there. It also contains non-GMO soybean oil, beeswax, thyme, rosemary, cedarwood, geranium, basil, eucalyptus, and citronella, as I said, and uh, all those essential oils. And by the way, it smells way better than any any store-bought repellents. Bugger off, smells clean and fresh and won't stain your clothing. Plus, no more Skeeter Bites, another line of defense against any insect-borne diseases. Just $10.95 at buggeroffbalm.com, but use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your entire order. Support this show by supporting Bugger Off Bomb and stay bug-free all summer long. Again, that's buggeroffbomb, buggeroffbomb.com. Thank you. Hey, it's Stephanie Miller, America's original sexy liberal, if you don't count Miller Fillmore. Come join us for the Happy Hour Podcast. You're probably already doing plenty of drinking and swearing with this stain of a president in office. Well, join me and my celebrity and comedian friends for a raunchy, uncensored ride through politics and pop culture. Pants optional. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show. This is uh, the world podcast premiere of David Ferguson and Cobra Matt. Yeah! 
finally, the I'm album. Long. I can't help it. <laughs> the album appears to be finished. Am I right? Yes, it's about to drop. We're planning on it being available on you know all your streaming services: Spotify, Pandora, iTunes. By. August 17th, when we have our show with Jen Kirkman. Oh my God, that's you huge. You don't too. know how fucking excited I am. So, you guys are gonna, you like, guys are going to open up for Jen Kirkman at 40 Watt, which is a, uh, was yes. that a, a comedy club or is that, what, no, what kind of club? No, it's a rock club. Oh, great. It's a, it's a big rock venue. It's actually kind of famous. If you go and watch the Tank Girl movie, she's got a 40 Watt t shirt on. Awesome. That's so cool. She, so, so 40 Watt gets a shout out in Tank Girl. I almost forgot about yep. Tank Girl. It was an early, early comic book movie from like the uh, middle 90s. And that's uh, what? Saturday, August 17. You'll be uh, yep. opening up and for we'll Jen Curtin. We'll be Curtin. going on at 8.30, playing 8.30 to 9, a 30-minute set. And then you'll get all the Jen Kirkman that you can just, yeah, it's going to be great. So is this album not even available yet? I mean, can people not even purchase this or is it uh, is not there yet. not yet very soon we'll keep you posted well there we got to we got to sequence it we've got to finish the art which yeah. i think i may end up doing myself because um we got to move fast <laughs> so um yeah we'll see well i mean watch I, this space i am genuinely impressed by this album in fact um I, this is my favorite song catch my fall my favorite song in the album so far. I also love uh, Heaven is a Monster, which I think is now going to be your uh, lead-off track uh, in your live show, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's a that's a perfect song for that because it's uh, pulse-pounding, it's raw, it's energetic, it sounds great, it's got a great hook. I mean, that's what's so impressive about this is that Compromat has that raw, like, punk-influenced sound, but at the same time, it's got some great hooks in there, too. Which, uh, which, which gives it a you know obviously it gives it a, a pop edge. It gives it a, an accessible edge to it at the same time as a, you know as having something that is a, is grungier, but at the same time uh, it can appeal to a broader audience. I think that's my assessment. I don't even know if that's an insult or not. No, nope, that's yeah. pretty much that pretty much nails it. It's, oh, good, you know, good, thank God. Punk rock spirit, you know. Yeah, like there's that song "Lucky Seven, which to me is like it sounds like the plasmatics playing Buddy Holly. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. But uh, this, this song "Catch My Fire," I love it so much. I love the uh, I love the drum loop in it. I love the. I mean, it's got a real heavy low end. In fact, I could feel it when I was playing it. We're coming out of that jingle. I could feel the bass just throbbing in my head, and, it, and that's not a bad thing. That's absolutely a good thing. Mm -hmm. So no, it's meant to get people up and moving. Well. Congratulations, my friend. It is a it is a serious achievement. I'm really, really happy for you. Really proud of you, and I'm glad that uh, you're finally getting this uh, close to being wrapped up. And as soon as you get it out there, I will link to it on the podcast page. I'll make sure yes. to put links in the comments. But in the meantime, you're just going to be able to get the the music here, and of course on the indie music countdown. Which, by the way, I've made the indie music countdown its own channel on all of the podcast platforms. So you can just you can subscribe just to the Indie Music Countdown if you want to. Of course, we'd like to have you subscribe to this show too. But if you just want the music show, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whoever the hell else and sign up and uh, subscribe for free to the Indie Music Countdown and get all this music in clean and crisp stereophonic sound. On the, the show, of course, here is just mono, but uh, on the Indie Music Countdown, we present everything in stereo. What? I... You gave me mono? Yes, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I gave you mono. The, so terrible. Those deep tongue kisses we do every week is uh, yeah, finally well, caught up with us, right? Um, worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. 
Uh, okay, so moving along here, let's play uh, a little bit of a game here. This is a simple game, but I think it's a straightforward game that all of us can play along. Play along at home if you want to. The game is called Tucker Carlson or David Duke. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to read two quotes. <laughs> and I have to guess if it's Tucker Carlson or David Duke. Yes, you have to guess whether this is Tucker Carlson or David Duke. So you have to match... Okay. You have to match the quote with either Tucker Carlson or David Duke. And again, I've got two quotes, two guys. Tell me which one is David Duke and which one is uh, Fox News Channel host Tucker Carlson. Okay. What do I get if I win? Do I get to go into the tube of money thing? Except yes, you you win another uh, a deep tongue kiss from me and another round of mononucleosis. Hurrah. <laughs> Don't thank me so quickly. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, all right, this is the first quote. This is quote number one. The term is itself a lie. Millions of white activists are not supremacists. Human rights for all, even for white people, Stop anti-white racism. Okay, before you answer, we go with number two. This is the second quote. Quote number two. White supremacy is actually not a real problem in America. The combined membership of every white supremacist organization in this country would be able to fit inside a college football stadium. Okay. Is number one David Duke or Tucker Carlson? Is number two David Duke or Tucker Carlson? T-Rex, David Ferguson, your answer, please. Number one is David Duke. And number two is Tucker Carlson. Hey, that's, I got that's, it right. That's as best as my dinger will sound today. I don't know what's going on with my soundboard, but yes, you, you got it. You nailed Here, it. Let me feel it. What's wrong with your dinger? <laughs> I haven't had my dinger exam this year, and they say uh, after the age of 48, you have to start getting your dinger examined every, uh, every year just yeah. to stay healthy. Um, and my dinger is clearly defective today. So... Uh, that is absolutely correct. Uh, the first quote was, of course, David Duke, and the second quote was... But they're was, virtually interchangeable. Yes, I mean, they are. <laughs> they are interchangeable, which, you know, I, I love that meme going around that says, uh, instead of make America great again, it says, make racism wrong again. Oh, please. And that it's is... so... Go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, that's just one of the things that uh, we've been dealing with as far as this, uh, what I've been saying, as far as the breakdown of right and wrong in this country, where... I mean, maybe they've always been racist, but they've never been racist this explicitly, at least not since 1952 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, they haven't been this out front with their racism in a You know, uh, Tucker's been put out to pasture for a minute. He's gone on vacation. Oh, yes, I noticed that. And, of course, we know what vacation means. What's vacation mean? Vacations when you go somewhere and you don't ever come back. That's what happens when it's like your dog dies when you're a kid and your parents are like, he's gone upstate to a farm where he can chase rabbits and hang out with lots of other right wing pinheads. Yeah, that's right. So just on the heels of Tucker Carl's explanation that white supremacy is a hoax. He's decided to uh, to go on vacation. Well, that's uh, that's what they all say. At Bill O'Reilly went on vacation too. Uh huh. And they don't ever come back. Uh, okay. I sure hope that he is done. But well, I mean, the ridiculous thing about Tucker Carlson's quote here about white supremacy being a hoax and being not as bad as we all think it is, it's like the same excuse that we've been hearing with regard to the gun massacres. Well, I mean the. Uh, the number of people who die per capita in gun massacres is not that great. 
So what are you so concerned about? It's a You're, fucking 9-11 every day. Yeah. It's, are well, you kidding? It's like, I know. I know. They're saying it's like, it's oh, you're you're more likely to die by falling off a ladder than to be shot by a, a white supremacist in a mall or whatever. But the, the fact of the matter is that it's not just about the body count in those massacres. It's about the terror that it inflicts upon the rest of the population. And we saw a perfect example of this, perfect example of the post-traumatic stress disorder that's inflicted upon the rest of the country whenever this happens. Did you see the video of Times Square where there was a backfiring motorcycle and the the entire, uh, I mean, it must have been a thousand people in Times Square screaming and scattering as fast as they okay. could. Unbelievable. I haven't seen it, but I need to share something valuable with you. Okay. You know, I told you my dad, you know, he... My ex was like, I think your dad's like a CIA spook. I'm like, no, there's no way. But um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool, though? But, like, my dad, he studied, like, the Russians all through. I mean, it's his PhDs in, like, nuclear deployment. And, you know, anytime yeah. there was any weird nuclear stuff. If I woke up and my dad was on the radio in high school, like, that, I woke up to my dad on the radio on the day Chernobyl exploded. Like, oh, Jesus. But his idea of dinnertime conversation would be like, now, if a bomb goes off in a place where you are, <laughs> and you're like, yes, dad. <laughs> he's like, hit the dirt and stay down because a lot of the time terrorists like to plant two bombs. They plant a bomb to get everybody running in one direction, and then there's another bomb waiting for, a bigger bomb waiting for them. So he's oh, like, God. Get in. So if you hear shots, do not run. Hit the fucking dirt. Get yeah. down. Right. Get behind something heavy. Like just people die running. That's you mean you're not supposed at. to uh, uh, start shooting back with children in the crossfire? I mean, we're not supposed right, to do that. Course. I thought that's I mean, the NRA was telling me, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, Bob. Go and get a gun and then start shooting back just like Sly Stallone or something like that, because that's always realistic. You know, I have. <laughs> if you, did you yeah. read my Guardian column about when my friend's ex-boyfriend that she was breaking up with shot at us? When I was 18. Uh, no. I did not okay. read that. That's so, horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. But he, they like, we had gone to their apartment because she was breaking up with him and moving out. And mm. he was supposed to be at work because he was a bartender in a strip club. And he actually showed up about halfway through and was all coked up and drunk or on something. Um, and they went in the kitchen and they were arguing and I'm just boxing up records, you know, and she comes boiling out of the kitchen and says, run, he's got a gun. Fuck. And I jumped up and ran. Uh, and we, he started popping shots off from the porch. He hit the car next to us. We managed to get in the car and drive away. Um, oh my God. I mean, I, yeah. And then later that night he shot himself in the heart and, and died. Um, so he wasn't f- fucking around. He was definitely trying to wow. hit us. He wasn't just like shooting shots in the air to scare us. But the thing is, and the thing that I pointed out in the article is that if I had hesitated mm-hmm. long enough, if I had had a gun on my hip and stopped long enough to unsnap it and try to draw it, that would have been exactly amount, the amount of time he needed to put a bullet in me. <sighs> Jesus Christ. It's, you know, if someone has a gun, you fucking run unless you can get down and shelter. But I mean, just, you know, you don't like. Yeah. Even like even people who are incredibly trained in like firearm response and who have been rigorously drilled in, in, in gun safety and stuff have a hard time hitting moving targets and have a hard time shooting when they're under stress. But also just like when the police show up, they're going after anybody with a gun. Right. 
Which is, I mean, again, it's the, the whole idea is that the whole idea of having a police force is that the police force are the good guys with the guns. And so so often, obviously, we see uh, where there are many bad guys uh, in the police force who are doing the wrong things. And we could start listing those wrong things. But the fact is that they're in a, in the perfect world. The police are supposed to be the ones who come in and break up one of these uh, horrible, horrible massacres. But instead, what the NRA is telling us is that the better approach is that we all become vigilantes right this is the whole idea like everyone is gonna grandma is gonna suddenly become batman for fuck's sake and uh well of course batman didn't standing there and fumbling around at your waist or in your bag or in your shoulder holster for a gun getting the safety off and firing back is just enough time to get you killed well and meanwhile um there are study after there's study after study about how having a gun in the house makes you less safe than not having a gun in the house. I mean, David Frum wrote a whole piece about this years ago. I mean, David Frum, the guy who coined the phrase access of evil for George W. Bush, David Frum wrote this. He said, a gun in the house minimally doubles the risk that a household member will kill himself or herself. Uh, An American is 50% more likely to be shot dead by his or her own hand than to be shot dead by a criminal assailant. More, de- more than 30,000 Americans, of course, injure themselves every year with guns. Uh, meanwhile, Science Daily did a, did a study here, and the first-of-its-kind study epidemiologists at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine found that, on average, guns did not protect those who possessed them from being shot in an assault. The study estimated that people with a gun were 4.5 times more likely to be shot in an assault than those not possessing a gun. Uh, and there's, you know, you could go down a list of dozens of studies showing That was this. another thing my dad said, you know, just casual dinner conversation. He's like, anytime you introduce a weapon into a physical conflict, you have exponentially increased the chances of it being used on you. Well, you know, one thing that I keep in the house, and I'm being completely serious when I say this, one thing I keep in the house as a defensive weapon um, and also just your face, is it my, right, no. my um, fist, my <laughs> fist are licensed weapons. Uh, but no, it's, I, you know what I keep? Mic stands. I keep a, uh, a flashlight and it's not just any flashlight. If you want to buy a flashlight for your house for when the power goes out or for whatever other reason, get yourself one of the flashlights that are made of, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a 16 inch aluminum tube. Basically. It's like a metal. Yeah, I got one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, the way I learned it's a mag light. You could cave someone's skull in with this thing. You get a nice swing in. So at the very least, you have something to defend yourself with. And the way I learned this is when I was uh, driving for Domino's when I was in college. I had a job driving for Domino's Hmm. Pizza. And one of the things they instructed us to do was to get one of those flashlights and keep it in our car so that if we're delivering a pizza after dark... You bring that flashlight to guide your way so you're not tripping over people's front stoop or whatever like that. But it also serves as a convenient weapon for if someone tries to mug you and steal your pizza and steal your money. And that actually almost happened to me. I I, uh, delivered a pizza. It was right as the Domino's was closing. And I show up at this house with a pizza and the house is dark. There's no lights on outside the house. And I'm going... This is not real. Your spider senses were tingling. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. And so I go up the front walk, and I'm six foot four. So there's already, the people aren't going to fuck with me just because of that. But nevertheless, I go up to the front door, and as I'm walking toward the front door, uh, these kids jump out of the shrubs alongside the walk with the front walkway. 
And they say, give me your pizza. And I said, nope. And I turned around and walked right back to my car, put the pizza in the car. And, but I had my flashlight, my big ass fucking billy club flashlight. And the fact that I was, you know, still am six foot four, probably kept them from attacking me. But it was nice to have that weapon. And again, it's, it's a weapon that doesn't necessarily look like a weapon. It's not a firearm or anything mm. like that. It's a fucking flashlight. But again, you can use it to defend Personally, yourself. Personally, for the zombie apocalypse, I want one of those chopper blades from the paper cutter that you <laughs> had in the office at elementary school. Yeah. yeah. That, like sharpened to like, because it just seems like it would be a good heft. Yeah. You, you know, know what I want? a good way to like crack somebody on the head with and cut them open. Go ahead. I, I want a Klingon Batleth. That's the kind of weapon I want to have ultimately. I don't know it's what a, that is. I'm it's just like idea. a, it's a big, <laughs> ass curved sword is basically what it is and you hold it the handle is the handle runs along the back edge of the blade and you could just you could dice someone up into 40 different pieces in about half a second with one of those things <laughs> but you know i always thought that the klingon ships were cooler yeah the klingon ships are absolutely cooler those are some of the coolest ships in the star trek universe but anyway i could you know once we start down that road suddenly i'm into <laughs> i can hear this podcast hitting pause across the country like, oh well never mind there they go that's right i could start talking about the new picard series and how great it's gonna be and i could talk about darmok and jalad at tanagra and you know it's just the whole don't get me started okay <laughs> getting back into things here uh, when is the Roger Stone trial? The Roger Stone trial is happening now, isn't it? Isn't it happening right now? Is it? I, it yeah. seems like we should be getting more entertaining material from this. He was completely banned from using uh, social media now. He can't use social media at all. Um, and yeah, we should be getting more entertainment out of it. But the fact of the matter is that I think a lot of people are going, well, I guess the Russia thing's over. And that's a serious, serious problem. That's something that's really distressing to me. I fucking hate our media. I know. I I'm, hate Chuck Todd. Yeah. I hate Jake Tapper. I hate their whole, like, both sides do it religion. That's just like, it's yeah. so, I mean, that's what got us here. Well, yeah. I mean, we go back to what we were talking about at the top of the show, David, which was that uh, speech that Trump gave on Monday where it was like, where are the calls for bad optics? Where's the uh, banner headlines that say, oh, it's a disaster for the Republicans that Donald Trump delivered this awful, awful teleprompter speech where his teeth were about to fly out or whatever. He was having a stroke or something terrible was happening to him. But, you know, Robert Mueller. You, the, the bar is so low for Republicans at this point. It's underground. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. buzz set on Tuesday. It was a matter of expectations. People had higher expectations for Robert Mueller and, and their, the expectations for Donald Trump couldn't be lower. So there was an expectations game being played here. But still, I mean, to be fair, uh, if Mueller has a senior moment and Donald Trump has a senior moment, how about defining those two senior moments on the same terms, whether they're favorable, indifferent or miscellaneous? Um, stop taking things that have to do with the Democrats. And it's always Democrats in disarray. It's always good news for John McCain. Bad news for the Democrats. Oh, you mean you, you remember true. that, don't you? I mean, that was a Oh, whole... no, absolutely. But I was just thinking we should just keep saying it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like me complimenting Whitney Houston on getting her seven-year sobriety check, you know? Good news for John McCain. Donald Trump said something ridiculous and groped a little girl who was wounded in Dayton. Great news for John McCain. Bad news for Obama. That's how we should <laughs> define all of that. You know, David Brooks thinks that we should nominate Marianne Williamson. Oh, fuck 
that. You know, I just noticed you didn't too. See that? I saw that. Of course, I saw. I that. I thought it was a joke at first. I yeah, I really did think it was like the onion. I've got a, um, uh, I've got a, an ulcer going on that I've nicknamed Marianne Williamson. I just want to pass that along. I don't really have an ulcer, but I mean, the fact is that she is kind of like an ulcer right now. Um, Tulsi Gabbard's the same way. Andrew Yang is the same way. In fact, I just saw today that Andrew Yang who's just enough, enough enough of the CEO candidates who are going to run government like a business. But suffice to say, Andrew Yang has made the cut for the next two debates. So Andrew Yang is going to be in the uh, September debate and the October debate. And fuck us. Can we seriously, can we stop dicking around with the debates? I mean, all we need is like the like the first half dozen, maybe seven candidates. Those top I, I two worry can- it's going to like lacerate. Our front runner eventually, like the yeah. the garbage, you know, just like. Well, that, I mean, see that that's, you know, that's, that's the main problem. None David. of the stuff that Tulsi Gabbard hit, uh, you know, Kamala Harris with in that last debate was factual. It was all garbage. It yeah, was all you know, and it was a stack of lies. But it's out there now. Well, that's, and see, you that's know, the problem. Um, this problem. All these people who have no chance of ever being president, have no chance of ever getting the nomination, are busily tearing down the people who will. And that's not what we need right now. I mean, it is all hands on deck. Let us stop fucking around with the debate stage, for God's sake. I mean, all we need... This should a, be when we have nominees, you know? Yeah. Isn't that how it used to be? Wasn't it? Well, I mean, you know, four years ago, there were five candidates on the stage. And I know, you know, it was, uh, what's his name, Jim Webb and Lincoln Chafee. They were up there and it was kind of, um, they were kind of unserious candidates. But, you know, there were five candidates and that was a nice, compact, adjustable debate. It was a, a field that I think was just about the right size. Um, you know, I guess with the Republicans four years ago, it was like what we're seeing with the Democrats. Um, and so I guess in that sense, since Trump ended up, quote unquote, winning, that it wasn't so bad. I mean, the outcome may not be as destructive as we think it's going to be. But, you know, wh- why tempt fate? You know what I mean? So, um, OK, I want to talk about the NRA here, NRA and Donald Trump himself in, in just Whatever a second. with the court case, the NRA, like the Russia, the, uh, does that just like vanish into the ether? Yeah, well, like the Roger Stone, <laughs> like the Roger Stone trial. It's all just like, oh, fuck, Mueller's done. So I guess we don't have to worry about this anymore. Which oh, is, for fuck's sake. I, <laughs> I know I'm so with you. Uh, one last break back after these words. Hey, dude. Being at the racetrack is a blast! High five! Whoa, man, uh, you can put your arm down now. What, you gonna leave me hanging? Come on, bring it in for a hug. Uh, that's okay, man. We're cool. Why, what's the matter? We're all buds, man. Uh, well, I, I hate to tell you, but I think you need to take a pit stop. What? I'm not driving a race car, man. No, pit stop. It's, uh, well, an all-natural deodorant that'll keep your pits from, uh, being the pits. Oh, no. My pits are the pits. Hey, don't worry, man. Luckily, my pals over at Bubble Genius have you covered. They've created all-natural stuff to help with summer stank. Everything from pit stop deodorant to cooling facial mist to talc-free body powders that leave you soft, not sweaty. Hey, cool! You said it. Bubble Genius keeps you cool all summer long. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska
one more play for uh, Bob Bradshaw, High Horse, right here on the show. Uh, link in the description. We played this on the After Party Friday, and I wanted to give it a free show airing here. Also, it'll be included uh, right after Compromat in the next Indie Music Countdown. So hey, hey. look forward to that. Yep. Okay, uh, so, you know, Donald Trump was uh, hinting at the idea that he might uh, expand background checks. Of course, this is all lip service. They have no intention whatsoever of doing anything along the lines of gun control. I mean, they're Republicans, uh, but they know where their bread is buttered. <laughs> so they're not going to do jack shit. But isn't the NRA going bankrupt? I mean, they, to, to do its thing, it has to have money to donate to their campaigns. And they've had shut down their whole audiovisual operations. I mean, aren't they hemorrhaging cash? It, they are. And they're in serious, serious trouble. And thank God for it. But at the same time, they still do have plenty of influence on Capitol Hill. I mean, the... The complex between uh, the for-profit gun industry and the Republican Party and even uh, some Democrats, some red state Democrats, uh, obviously are in the pocket of the NRA, too. But, I mean, the main thing is, is they're just afraid. They're terrified of Wayne LaPierre. And I think if I saw Wayne LaPierre in a poorly lit room, I would be terrified, too. <laughs> because talk about like the crypt keeper, you know, the, the b- b- Lord of evil sitting there in the same room yeah, with you. When they, there was a period of time where he was kind of out of sight. And I was like, yeah, they're just like retightening his autopsy stitches. <laughs> he's like, you <laughs> know, <right>. like <laughs> he's like a Morton Joe from the Mad Max movie from the Fury Road, Mad Max movie. He's like a super villain, Wayne LaPierre. But during a, uh, a White House lawn press spray, as they call it, uh, Biff told assembled reporters that he was all in favor of background checks like we've never had before. You know, that's the other thing with fucking Trump that drives me up a fucking wall. It drives me crazy. His 200-word vocabulary and yes. how everything has to be the, the latest, break, the most terrific, the most beautiful, <laughs> the most splendiferous, fantastic, yeah. amazing. That's right. You know, and it's... It's like the, the oh, fires, yeah. the fires in Siberia were unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's anything we've never had this before. Like he was asking all of the medical workers. The climate about, change isn't real. <laughs> right. And climate change. Huge is, storms, so much water, so much water. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, uh, that's a whole other thing. He's got issues with water. He's uh, so terrified of the big water. Um, he says we're going to have back che- background checks like we've never had before. I think background checks are important. I don't want to put guns into the hands of mentally unstable people. Well, the most mentally unstable person you know in the United States. You know what we need before we need anything else? What, what's ahead. that? Oh, I was just going to say the most mentally unstable person in America has the nuclear codes in his pocket. Sleep tight, America. Okay, <laughs> what were we going to say? We need a national domestic abuser registry. Yeah. Just like we have a sex offender registry, and nobody who's on that should be able to buy a gun, own mm-hmm. weapons, build bombs, because the one thing that all these mass shooters have in common is violence against women in the home. That's right. It starts with women. It's, it starts it's the with one, animals. and we're like, how can we stop this? How can we predict it? Yeah. How can we see it? It's so random. This is exactly how we can predict it. Yep. And yep. it's going to weed out a lot of bad cops. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you know, what, you, what you also need to do is uh, red flag some of these people who are trophy hunters. I think these people have a glitch in their brain that, th- that makes them believe it's okay to just go out and shoot something in order to watch it die. I mean, that's, oh, see, God. to me, that's an indicator right away. I mean, it's, all, it's that when they're shooting women, they're shooting children. 
they're shooting animals. These are all red flags for homicidal tendencies as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, I mean, back, back to Wayne LaPierre, apparently he was not happy with what Donald Trump said about uh, background checks. NRA chief uh, LaPierre spoke with Trump on Tuesday after the president expressed support for background uh, background check bill and told him it would not be popular among Trump's supporters, according to officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity, to freely discuss internal talks. LaPierre also argued against the bill's merits, the official said. So just, it's, it, of course, it's all counterfactual bullshit that's easily debunkable, but the NRA's entire mission statement is to make as much money for the for-profit firearm industry in the United States as humanly possible. That's what Elizabeth Warren was saying in her usual pithy, I am 100% correct She's way. so great. She is so great. She is She's so like, great. This is about people making a lot of money from guns. Yep. That's exactly Period. right. This is, I mean, and again, People think that the NRA is all about protecting the Second Amendment, all about constitutional liberty and all that shit. Well, no, that's not why the NRA exists or the rest of the gun lobby, because there are other NRA-like organizations that are there to lobby for the gun industry as well. And their entire point is to sell as many guns as possible. That's the entire goal of the NRA. That's why so much money is pumped into the NRA by the for-profit gun industry. The, the for-profit death industry, as the case may be. I don't know why we need... And the, Russia. Well, and Russia for that matter, right? Um, so, okay. So, there's that. Uh, it's just a, so fucking frustrating. When you know, you know the way things really are. You know the truth. You understand the reality, the science, the facts behind a particular thing. And then when someone comes along that the NRA or Donald Trump or whoever else and says, well, no, it's video games. Yeah, it's video games. It's mentally unstable people. You know, I mean, there are, I think at least seven or eight other countries that spend more per capita on video games than the United States does. It's like Germany, England, South Korea, the Netherlands, for fuck's sake, the Netherlands spends more per capita on video Have they ever had a mass shooting in the Netherlands, ever? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. There, um, you know, in another case that I was looking at was I, I was going through for, to, for, to write up this banter piece, uh, debunking all of this NRA propaganda, is uh, I revisited that law in Australia. There was a, a mass shooting in Australia. Uh, where right. I want to say something like 35 people were shot dead uh, with um, sort of a military-style semi-automatic rifle. And so what Australia did was pass a series of laws that first, uh, uh, there was a buyback program um, where they managed to recover 600,000 semi-automatic rifles and other firearms, 20% of all the known guns in Australia. Uh, they banned uh, private sales of firearms. Uh, there were stringent reg- regulation or registration laws. And uh, you had to prove to authorities that you had a specific reason for purchasing a firearm. And self-defense wasn't a valid excuse, according to the new Australian law. Well, uh, violent crime and gun-related deaths did not come to an end in Australia. It didn't. But as uh, the Washington Post pointed out in a piece uh, not too long ago, Homicides by firearm plunged 59% between 1995 and 2006. No corresponding increase in non-firearm-related homicides. So it wasn't like, oh, mm-hmm. well, we can't use guns. Let's just go like Chris Rock was talking about at the top of the show. Let's go around and start stabbing people. Well, that didn't happen <clears throat> either. 
the drop in suicides by gun was even steeper, 65%, a 65% drop. That's the important thing to me, really, because that's what the bulk of personal handguns end up. Oh, yeah. I mean, point. it's like 0.001% of personal handguns are used in defense in a home invasion. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, studies, found ridiculous. A, studies found a close correlation between the sharp declines and the gun buybacks. Robberies involving firearms also dropped significantly. Meanwhile, home invasions did not increase, contrary to fears that uh, firearm ownership is needed to deter such crimes. But the most stunning statistic is this. In the decade before that Port Arthur massacre in Australia, there had been 11 mass shootings in Australia. So there had been 11 plus the one in Port Arthur. There hasn't been a single one in Australia since then. And quite frankly, Australia is not too different from the United States. They have their redneck sort of people and they have their oh, yeah. more urban people and the suburban people. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a similar cross section of demographics that we have here in the United States. Certainly not as vast and as populous, but at the same time, it's a good test platform and, you know, again, why can't we do this here? I mean, the, the assault weapon ban. Well, it's that the they, same thing with people who want to stop abortions but don't want people to have access to birth control. There is a way to stop abortions almost virtually altogether, like Western Europe. Yeah. So it's to stop unintended pregnancies. <laughs> and to do that, you have to give people birth control options. And it's just – it's this – uh, it's a snake swallowing its own tail. I, mean, I, I don't understand how the cognitive dissonance doesn't make people's ears bleed. Just think, Republicans. Just think yeah. for five minutes about cause and effect, about not actually like there being a limited sum of freedom to go around. Yeah. We have to all grab at the pie as hard and fast as we can. I just... Uh, I don't get the mentality. And, you know, they, there were all these scientific studies that Raw Story would run that would say, like, there is a legitimate, like, mindset difference between progressive people and, and conservative people. And a lot of it has to do with fear. Yeah. Of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And, you know, progressive people tend to be more curious and embrace new things and the unknown and are, you know, want to know more about other cultures. And, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, but at this point, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say it's a, it's immensely frustrating because we know what the solutions are. The, I mean, the problem is that we have this uh, Second Amendment here in this country, and it's regarded as being uh, without exception. Like, we cannot have exceptions to this one thing. We can have exceptions to free speech. We can have exceptions to free, free press. But we can't have any exceptions to the Second Amendment, which, by the way, leads off with, you know, a phrase uh, that we all recognize, which is well-regulated militia, uh, which, which frames that Second Amendment pretty clearly in terms of what the intent was. But when you have so much money being pumped into congressional campaigns, senatorial campaigns, even judge campaigns, ju judicial campaigns, um, then those people are all going to say, well, you know, that's irrelevant. That doesn't make any sense. That well-regulated militia thing, ah, fuck that. We're just going for the right to bear arms. That's what we're protecting. <laughs> It, it makes me crazy because it's not what it was. I mean, just. Uh. Yeah, it's a uh, it's just I mean, they're they're exploiting the Second Amendment as a marketing tool. I mean, that's just what it is. It's like exploiting religion. They're, you know, the way uh, evangelists and especially televangelists 
exploit right. religion and the Bible in order to dupe people out of their money. That's exactly what the uh, that's what, exactly what the firearm industry and the gun lobby are doing. They're using the Second Amendment as sort of like a biblical justification, a sacrosanct justification for selling as many firearms as they want. You know, it's funny. Jackie Schechner brought up a great point on the Stephanie Miller show this week. And that is that, you know, we're talking about an opioid crisis in America, and it seems okay for Donald Trump to want to go after the opioids, confiscate the opioids, rather than saying, well, isn't there a mental illness problem? I mean, shouldn't we just tackle the mental illness and then leave the opioids alone? Well, no, everyone's, no, you, you, you restrict the access to the opioids if you think there's an epidemic going on. I mean, so why can't that happen? But there, uh, it's harder to get Sudafed than it is to buy an M16. Yes, that is absolutely and that's a true. Fact. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's like, harder it, to buy a gun than it is to buy, or it's, it's harder to buy a car than it is to buy a gun, which leads me to believe that, well, you know, the gun lobby and all of the pro-gun zealots say, well, you know what, cars kill people too. You don't want to ban cars, yeah. do you? Well, you know what? How about we regulate guns and gun owners the way we regulate cars and drivers? I think right. that's rational and reasonable. I mean, no one's going, oh, fuck, the process of being licensed. Hey, I just car. figured out what we can do with the health insurance industry. <laughs> we can make them the gun insurance industry. And in order to have a gun, the more dangerous it is and the yeah. more people it can kill per second, the more you have to pay per month to own it. How about that? Why don't we do that? Why don't you start there? Why don't you make it mandatory to own some sort of insurance policy if you own a gun? I think right. that's reasonable. I mean, that's not infringing on someone's right to buy a gun. They can still buy a gun. Nope. They just have to take out an insurance uh, policy, and they have to pay a monthly premium. You have to have a monthly insurance policy to operate your car, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And cars have more than one use. I mean, cars are not just for killing people. In fact, that's kind of what they're not for. But uh, well, follow yeah, guns uh, have. Uh, get, get one, before the music runs out, I want to plug your band, T Rex. Uh, make sure to follow Compromat at its Facebook page. That's Facebook.com/slash Compromat Band, right? Yes. Also, make sure to follow T Rex on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash The T Rex Report. Get his book. Get his podcast. Everything you want in the universe. Uh, chapter Eleven is coming very soon. I finished writing a first draft. I'm going to edit it probably later today and post uh, audio by the weekend. Super exciting! All right, postmortem show coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, it's Stephanie Miller, America's original sexy liberal. If you don't count Miller Fillmore. <laughs> Come join us for the Happy Hour Podcast. You're probably already doing plenty of drinking and swearing with this stain of a president in office. Well, join me and my celebrity and comedian friends for a raunchy, uncensored ride through politics and pop culture. Pants optional. 